1: Out my
0: window, and this FedEx driver just hit a tree.
1: You are no gentleman,
0: and neither are you.
1: Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome back to the Soto Mojo Podcast. I'm Colby Patnode. I'm here as always with Ty Gonzalez. Ty, uh, how you doing this week?
0: I'm getting over a cold, but uh, otherwise can't complain. How are you doing?
1: There you go. Ty's already setting up excuses. All yep. right. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, it's been been a pretty slow week, uh, Mariners-wise, after we've had quite a bit to talk about the last couple of weeks. Um, But, you know, it's spring training. Uh, The Mariners play their first game on Saturday, and uh, their first televised game is on Sunday. So uh, can't really complain that much.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, baseball's back, finally. Uh, It's going to be... It's going to be pretty exciting to, to finally see this season uh, happen and see these young guys that we've been talking about for so long. And this is the year that I've been anticipating for over a year. You know, last year I remember many times talking about how 2020 was really going to be the start of all of this. And now
1: we're here. Yeah, we are indeed. Uh, lots of uh, young Mariners figure to uh, play a role in the 2020 season. Uh, including some of the top prospects, we've uh, we're in that time of year where we're getting a lot of videos, um, you know, from the beat writers covering the team down in Arizona. Um, you know, uh, not a lot you can gain from those, um, except to say Julio Rodriguez is huge. Um, yeah. Especially when you put him up against Kelnick. it's it's pretty funny. Um, yeah.
0: Kelnick uh, looks a little bit like a man <laughs> <laughs> compared to Julio, well, yeah. It,
1: it kind of looks honestly like DK Metcalf standing next to Russell Wilson. It's <laughs> like wow, that's um hmm. but uh it's it, it's it's just fine. It's it, it's interesting uh, Kelnick's wearing 58 and uh Rodriguez is wearing 85. Um it's a little, you know, number mirroring, mirroring there. Uh mm-hmm. that, that's certainly uh seems to be something Mariners fans have noticed uh and uh you know they they've uh, they've had from you know what we can tell they've been pretty impressive uh so far uh, they're going to get quite a bit of game action um in spring and then they'll both be sent to the minors and you know hopefully we see Kelnick in you know July or August um maybe sooner who knows uh but uh yeah, you know, it's it's nice that you have these two young studs that everybody's kind of gravitating towards, and they're really saying all the right things uh, in regards to, uh, you know, how they want to be the uh, the players that uh, break the drought and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it's uh it's fun when when you hear th- talk like that. And, uh, you know, even Logan Gilbert has uh, been talked about quite a bit uh, based off of, like, two bullpens, which is yeah. – interesting but uh you know it's 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 that time of year so uh <clears throat> can't yeah, it's the uh, best
0: shape of your life here it's the you know it's
1: although we haven't heard that, that this year yeah uh, not from the mariners at least yeah uh, i've
0: heard it around the league but oh yeah. sure sure
1: yeah but yeah no not from the mariners there's no you know best shape of my life type of thing um i think the closest thing we got to that was jp crawford apparently put on 10 pounds of muscle um
0: he's also shaped his head
1: I did not know that. (laughs) It is
0: very, it is very, it's very shiny.
1: (laughs) Oh no! Um. Wow, I'm probably gonna need to see a picture of that soon. Um. Here, I'll try to find it (laughs) while you. uh, Yeah, that's. um, hmm, I can't imagine that's a good look for him, but we'll see. Um. But anyways, yeah, yeah, that's. I
0: saw a picture of him and I. In a car or something the other day.
1: Oh, with with the dog or whatnot. Oh, wait, maybe he
0: didn't shave his head. Oh, it's just the shadow. Oh, okay, he's just got short hair. Oh, okay. And his hairline's a little questionable. So (laughs) it's a little far up
1: on his head. I feel his pain. Yeah. Uh, But but anyway, so yeah, I mean, really not many of those those fluffy stories that uh, come out every spring. This one's been pretty much uh all about business and all about the young players and uh you know after we start to see some of these guys in game action uh we can actually spend more than you know five minutes of filler talking about them but let's go ahead let's move on to a couple of things that we want to get done today um today on the show we have a third base preview um for the mariners in 2020 and then we have a uh quite a few questions from you guys and uh an announcement uh for the uh Well, an announcement at the end um, that we have not planned very well. But, you know, it wouldn't be the Soto Mojo podcast with good planning. So let's go ahead. Real quick.
0: uh, Yeah. Real quick. Fangraphs just released this uh, article about dead money on uh, 2020 MLB payrolls. Sure. Uh, Mariners number two on the list uh, right behind the Red Sox. Red Sox at 30 million. I think the Mariners are uh, on this graph. It looks probably like 28 million, 27 million.
1: Um, sure, that would be the money they're paying, Robinson Cano and Jay Bruce, and yeah, to just go away. Yep. Um, Mike, Lewis. and that
0: number will probably go up with the Gordon. With who? T. Gordon.
1: Oh, That's uh, a yeah, if, if they can trade him, certainly, or, or they cut. Him, yeah, yeah. Um, so yep. I mean, it is what it is. It's cost of doing business, and uh, you know, most of that money's gone next year. I think next year. 2021 they're only paying cano and uh mike leak yeah as of now we'll see of mm-hmm. Kyle seeger or something but last thought,
0: year's or uh, next year is the last year that they have to pay cano right
1: because
0: they're paying what 20 million each year i thought uh
1: they're paying i think they pay 20 million total so it's like five million over four years I mean, oh right,
0: right. I forgot about how uh, taking on Bruce and Sorzak played into the money. right,
1: right. They were due like fifty-four million. can always do one twenty. He had one twenty left. The Mariners took on fifty-four. They sent twenty <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know. All I know is that at the end of the day, it's not going to prevent them from signing anybody that they want. Um, the uh, payroll situation for the Mariners is just fine. So yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it is worth, uh, it is worth remembering that, um, they do have payroll obligations to players not on the roster and, uh, you know, their payroll is still going to be over a hundred million dollars and, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, let's, uh, let's slide on over. That's on fan so You guys want to check that out. I saw it just before we started recording, uh, Mariners number two and it does not matter at all. So, uh, at least, not towards the team building in the future. Uh, so let's slide over to uh, the third base. We'll continue our positional preview here. Uh, we have handled catcher, first base, and second base, so we continue our trip around the infield today. And we uh, we're going to talk third base, which means we're mostly going to talk Kyle Seager. So, um, Ty, let's let's start here. Uh, Kyle Seager last year had a bit of a rebound year, uh, yep. led primarily by an insane August. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Kyle Seeger last year, what did you see from Kyle Seeger last year that makes you think that this is legitimate?
0: Well, I think the first thing that you saw was coming back from the injury, nothing really changed with the defense. He was still really good at the corner, uh, offensively. You know, the the whole thing uh, going into spring training with him was that he had lost weight, he had changed his stance, etc. And that seemed to be helping him, but then the injury happened and, you know, and then we had to wait on that. But I think once that he kind of got over his uh, extended spring training period, right, when he came back in, what was it, June? He came back in June, Really right? late May. Right. And so once he got over that, you started to see the benefits of the weight loss and the, and the, and the, uh, the uh, stance change and uh, swing change. So um, I thought really it, it looked like he had kind of reinvented himself in a way, and you've seen players be able to do that in the past. I think another thing is he was a bit of a better base runner last year too, Um which was interesting. And so I think overall um, seeing him make change and find success out of that change, I think will go a long way.
1: Right. Yeah. I um, said so he was really, uh, you know, buoyed by a huge August in which he put up a 192 WRC plus. Right. Um, yeah. It's Basically twice as good as the average hitter in August. Um, <clears throat> but, you, you know, you kind of look around, the rest of the month's May was like three games, so you can't even really count that. Uh, in June, he put up a 102 WRC+. Plus. In July, he really struggled. He put up a 75 WRC+. Plus. In the 192 in August, and then September and October, he had put up an 83. Um, interesting. Uh, he uh, he posted... Again, We're throwing out May as just too small of a sample size to matter. Um, he posted double-digit uh, walk percentage in... Uh, four of the five months he played in uh, just missing uh, in July where again, he was, he was quite bad in July, but um, so yeah, the walks were there. The strikeouts <laughs> stayed right where they needed to be. Um, the, uh, the overall numbers are fine. Like you said, the defense was exactly what you would uh, expect and from Kyle Seeger. Uh, certainly no downgrade there. Here's a fun little note um, that I, you know, fun to me at least, maybe not to you guys, but uh, Kyle Seeger against left handed pitching this year or last year 285, 361, 585 against left handed pitching. So yeah. 149 WRC plus against right handed pitching 217, 301, 411. That's weird. <laughs> 91, yeah, quite literally a reverse split guy. Um, but no, it, you know, the. I mean, it's easy, I think, to point at August and say, well, clearly that's, you know... The outlier. That, yeah. yeah. And Kyle Seeger is what he was in 2018 and yada, yada, yada. Um, and, you know, maybe that's true. Uh, you know, Kyle Seeger in 2018 was still one-and-a-half-win player. Uh, but it's... I, I think the part of the... Well, thing that gives me, but let's be point.
0: honest here, too, is like in 2018, we didn't see him have a month like he did in August, oh,
1: so not even close, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think the nice thing about Seeger, uh, in his 20, uh, 2019 compared to his 2018, uh, that really gives me some hope here is that uh, his walk percentage jumped almost four percent in 2018, yeah. it was six percent. In 2019, it was 9.9%. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, that that's a legitimate change, and it doesn't seem fluky at all. Uh, the power, um, obviously, you know, juice baseball or not, whatever, 23 home runs in 106 games. Uh, the guy basically missed 50 games that he would normally play, um, and he still hit more home runs than he did in 2018. Uh, he was on pace for a good, you know, 32, 33 home runs. Um, so, I mean, look is is Kyle and he wasn't
0: he wasn't missing a lot of balls last year too. I'm looking at the uh plate discipline numbers now. He's yeah. making uh contacts with uh almost 90% of the pitches that were in the zone. Like yeah. He's not missing a lot of stuff. He's also not swinging outside of the zone. So he's not swinging at a lot of bad pitches. He's really st- last year he really was able to uh, pick and choose well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good plate discipline. Um, here's uh, so here's a fun thing or an interesting thing. In 2019, uh, Kyle Seager ranked 54 in the 54th percentile in average exit velocity, 54th percentile in hard hit percentage, which is you know just barely above average. Um, but what's interesting to me is that the expected slugging percentage was in the 71st percentile. Um, the expected wOBA. Was also in the 71st percentile, yeah. um, so there's you know pretty good uh, indication here that uh, Seager actually got a little bit unlucky last year. Um, his expected batting average was 264, uh, and his expected slugging was 486. Uh, combined with his walk percentage, that is that's pretty much vintage Kyle Seager right there. Mm-hmm. 264, 330, 340 with a 486 slugging percentage. That's that's Kyle Seager, you know. Um, and you mentioned the, the outs above average, the defense, and all that stuff. Seventy second percentile and outs above average. Um, Here is a fun one. Where do you think Kyle Seager ranks on sprint speed? Ooh,
0: <laughs> it's going to be something surprising, huh? It's uh, I'll say somewhere in the 70, no, uh, no, no. 70, no. Oh, Okay, oh, okay. I thought you I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna surprise me.
1: No, 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 no. Oh, okay. it's, it was really a significant bad. increase over 2018, though. Oh, OK. And actually the best of his career. All right. The uh, Kyle Seeger sprint speed ranked in the 42nd percentile.
0: You're OK, but that, that sounds more like it.
1: Yeah, right. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. But in 2018, Kyle Seeger was in the 28th percentile. And in 2017, he was in the 33rd percentile. So this is actually, Kyle Seeger was actually the fastest that he's ever been last year. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess we can maybe contribute to the weight loss or the flexibility, but. Yeah. Whatever. At the end of the day, Kyle Seeger had (coughs) a. Well, for the first time last year, he
0: was a positive base runner. I think that was the first time in his career.
1: Uh, Since 2013, I think. Oh, really? He had a positive. Let's yeah, look. 2013 he stole Oh yeah yeah, 20, yeah. 2012 he stole 13 Wait, Kyle what? Speed, yeah <laughs> I don't 2012 remember that. Kyle Seeger hit 20 home runs and stole 13 bases
0: Wow I do not remember that
1: Yeah, it's part of the reason why he kept getting caught so often Now he's down to, you know, 2-3 a year Yeah um, But no, yeah, so Kyle Seeger I think last year It's, it's safe to say uh, At least for me, he had a good Bounce back year, wasn't great um, if you've been able to carry that August into September, then we're probably talking about being a great year. But Kyle Seeger looked like he was, you know, more or less he's at least twenty seventeen Kyle Seeger. In hmm. twenty seventeen Kyle Seeger is a three four win player, uh, which is more than enough. Um so we'll see about that and how that I pal- mean shoot,
0: he was a three win player last year. Yeah. According to yep.
1: Yeah, I mean I
0: don't know what his uh B war is, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I mean, just just by watching him, he looked a lot like Kyle Seager. Um, now, the question is, obviously, can he repeat or get better in 2020? Um, Steamer seems to say no, although it, it's it's not significant, you know, a significant drop here. Steamer is proje- uh, projecting 243, 312, 445 and a 2.4 F 4 um, What do you think? I think the on
0: base, I think the on base percentage will be better. So do I. But I think that's, I think that's fairly.
1: I think it's within twenty points.
0: You know. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good projection. Still has him as like a two and a half win player. Yep. That's yeah. I think he's a two and a half to three win player this year at. Twenty six homers. To me, unless he gets hurt, but like to me, I think he's you know just with the defense alone at such a premium position. Um, that's gonna go a long way, uh, for his war, so yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I'd probably expect something in the two fifty, three twenty five, you know, four fifty, maybe four seventy five slugging. Somewhere yeah. in that range with the usual above average defense. And uh you know I mean keep in mind that
0: last year these numbers and yeah you know, we'll point towards the uh to 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 August and all that, but still you know, he did, he he was a 3-1 player in just 106 games.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, like I said, it's Kyle Seager. It's about the defense and the power. Um, right now, anything you're going to get on base percentage-wise is a bonus. Um, and like I said, I mean, 321 last year with a 10% walk rate, but we talked about how unlucky he was um, in terms yeah. of expected batting average and things like that. You know, Kyle Seeger to me is, you know, he's going to be a 3-1 player this year, I think. And yeah. that's perfectly fine, especially when you don't have anybody. What do you think his ceiling is
0: for this year? Let's talk about
1: Kyle Seeger ceiling? Yeah. Um. I don't know, 265, 340, 500. hundred. Mm-hmm. one like, like player? Yeah, I think so.
0: 5,
1: 5.5, yeah. Yeah, absolute ceiling? Yeah, I, I'd probably do that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, like I said, without any young, um, without any young player even close to uh, the big leagues to handle third base, uh, Seager's going to be just fine in 2020. he will probably be just fine in 2021, um, and then you know we'll see after that. I think after 2021 is when his option kicks in, um, mm-hmm. assuming he's not traded by then. Uh, And we'll see what the Mariners want to do with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm expecting Kyle Seager to have a, you know, non-2018 Kyle Seager type of year this year. And uh, that's fine. You know, honestly, there's a pretty good chance Kyle Seager's your all-star this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I I mean, that's not saying a lot, but (laughs) there's a pretty decent chance. Um, But, anyways, you start kind of looking around at, uh, you know, what's going to happen if Seager gets – hurt again, or what if he, you know, needs a day off or whatever. Um, you know, Fangraphs, interestingly enough, has Shed Long as the quote-unquote backup third baseman. Um, we talked about Shed Long, but somebody we haven't talked about yet, Patrick Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting. They gave, they, they gave Patrick Wisdom a, a major league contract uh, this winter, uh, right. similar to what they did with Dylan Moore last year. And I think Alan East, they gave a major league contract to Um, one of them worked out. Okay. One of them didn't, but, but I mean, Patrick wisdom. So he's on the 40 man. He's got a big league contract. Uh, He's kind of hard to, to factor in here. He he does have all three options remaining. So I'm assuming he'll start the year in triple a as a 28 year old, but I don't know. Ty, we didn't talk about Patrick wisdom at all. Did we miss something or is this just kind of a, a filler guy?
0: Um, yeah, I think ultimately he's a filler guy. Um, you know, he's a bit on the older side, but hey, I mean, so was Austin Nola last year, you know, and Austin sure. was a guy that we didn't talk about. And now he's a mainstay in the, on the Mariners roster. Um, you know, I've known of Patrick, Patrick wisdom from his time in the Cardinals organization. I thought he was a, uh, solid prospect that you could put at the back of your roster Maybe play for you a couple times a week. Um, decent bat skills. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I'm pulling it up now. I think in 2018, yeah, 2018, he uh, played 32 games for the Cardinals. Hit 260, 362, 520 with 142 WRC+. Plus, four home runs. Um, he can hit. Uh, me,
1: just, he can he hit strikes power. out of-
0: yeah, you can have for power. Um, strikes out a lot. Does walk quite a bit. Uh, historically, just going to like the last couple years at uh, AAA and uh, at the major league level. Uh, 10% the... walk, walk rate, 11% yeah. walk rate last year in AAA. Um, so that's fine. Uh, Is, he a 4A?
1: Is he just a 4A player?
0: Yeah, I think he's just a 4A guy that's just. You'll see him at some point this year. Injuries will happen, even if sure. it's not with Seager. Someone will get hurt. Wisdom White will come up. White
1: or Vogelbeck or, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. like that. He, he's played third and first base. I saw somebody ask about, you know, why can't he play in the outfield? Well, besides the fact that he's only done it, uh, you know, he only started doing it last year and he wasn't good at it in AAA for the Rangers. Um, it's probably not, you know, you're probably not putting him in the best position to succeed um, out there. So, I mean, I like, I guess he could in theory, um, but you know, he's, yeah, he actually rated out
0: pretty well in his uh, limited innings at third base, the major league level. So you know, like UCR yeah. and all that, he was about average. 26 so innings. I mean, yeah. 26 innings. No, well, 60, I mean, 64 in 2018
1: was average. Right. I don't know. It, you know. There isn't a
0: whole lot to go off of, you know, and, and, I, and when it comes to minor league numbers, it's just it's yeah. hard to decipher.
1: Based on what I read about Patrick Wisdom is that uh, he's fringe average, um, yeah. maybe a little bit better. Pretty good arm, I believe. He's um, probably better
0: than Ryan Healy.
1: <laughs> I mean, who isn't? But yeah. <laughs> honestly, Ryan Healy's probably a really good comp for Patrick Wisdom. Yeah. Um, you know, both right handed power bats. Not gonna walk a lot. Although oh, I just uh,
0: I just saw he hit thirty one home runs in triple A last
1: year. Yeah, in twenty nine yeah, in
0: the I uh, mean, but then again it's triple <laughs> A.
1: PCL. Is that PCL? Looks like it's either PCL or the nah,
0: I it's Nash Nashville. So that would be PCL. Is that the PCL still?
1: Yeah, some for some reason, yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: that it is the PCL. That's
1: so weird. Uh, so yeah, he had 31 homers in 107 games in AAA. Um, you know, nice. There's, there's enough here. You'll probably see him a lot in spring training. Um, I imagine that he'll get a majority of the time at third base. You know, uh, from major league guys at least. Uh, I don't think you'll see Seeger a ton this spring. Uh, especially early. So there's, I'm willing to bet that Patrick wisdom is going to be in that game on Sunday. So you're, you'll get to see him, uh, you know, on TV on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, he's just, to me, he's a four, a guy. He's Ryan Healy, whatever, uh, you know, minor league, uh, you know, major league minimum type of contract, be one of the first guys. They, they dip off the 40 man if they have to. So um, but we'll see. So, but I think that's about it. Is, is there any third base, you know, possibilities that we're forgetting here or is it I mean it's pretty much just Kyle Seeger and then Kyle whatever scraps.
0: Shed long, yeah. Shedlong Dylan when Dylan Moore
1: play. Yeah, maybe some Dylan Moore. Although third base is the one position Dylan Moore was not good at last year. Yeah. But again the three airs. Uh,
0: yeah that's yeah that's where he was playing. Three airs.
1: Yeah. So I mean but yeah no, I mean Tim Lopes maybe a little bit. Um Daniel Bogle back, sure, why not? But It'll it'll mostly be uh, Kyle Seeger. I'm on, a little Twitter, right.
0: was... I'm on Twitter right now, and there's this trailer planned for uh, the new season of Westworld, and Marshawn Lynch is in it.
1: Oh, my God.
0: He's, like, actually acting in this. Uh, it's <sighs> quite something.
1: Former <laughs> and future Seahawk Marshawn Lynch is getting into acting. They should yep. make him a color commentator for the XFL. I'm just saying.
0: They should. They oh, my God. That's should. amazing going be the sideline
1: reporter. Oh, my God. Yes, yes 100%. Make that happen. We're going to tweet the XFL after this and Marshawn, see if we can get that to happen. Um, by the way, real quick note here before we move on to questions. This is just a fun note. Um, Shannon Dreyer obviously is down there in uh, in Peoria watching the Mariners, and she just tweeted about five minutes ago that Julio Rodriguez's last ball of batting practice clears the left field fence and the road behind it. Uh, Julio just laughs and Pat's hitting coach Tim Laker on the back and walks by. Um, so yeah, Julio's dropping bombs and looking good doing it. Um, man, that guy's good. Oh, and then Patrick wisdom hit a ball out near where Julio did. He hit wow. Patrick wisdom apparently hit an orange car that was driving by on that road. Oh, wow. With a home. So, okay, well, there's the power of Patrick wisdom. Um, but yeah, so let's yeah, go. Ahead, seems let's... like seems like
0: every time that a video is dropped on Twitter, there's someone just dropping a massive bomb over the wall.
1: Yeah, it's batting practice in Arizona. Yeah. But uh, anyways, let's let's go. Ahead, let's dive into the uh, the questions that we have today, guys. Uh, we got uh, a few of them, um, and then we're gonna parlay one into a a uh, little bit longer discussion here. But uh, let's let's knock some of these out. Uh, so we have time to get to our announcement. Um, We're already at 27 minutes, and we always worry we're never going to have enough to talk about. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's start here with... um, A a butter X. At a butter X. -X. A-B-U-T-T-E-R-X. Is that a reference to something? I have no idea. Okay, well, anyways... Uh, they would like to know uh, what win total would be considered a success while not being seen as just an overachievement. Um, it's kind of an interesting question here. Sure. Uh, interesting way to phrase it. So, <clears throat> I mean.
0: I think right now this could be a 75-1 team. Well, I would not be shocked. Yeah. I I, I really think that the, uh, the bar's been set low. It's set too low. I think. Um talent will figure itself out. I think they will get better towards the end of the season. I think they will run off uh uh a few games towards the end there and um yeah. I I I really think that they're kind of a middle of the pack AL team. I, I, I don't think that they're worse than the Orioles or the Tigers. I don't think that they're in that realm. Yeah, I don't think that they're in that realm like some others do. Like I <clears throat> I saw Fox's prediction that had them as the second worst team in baseball. Yeah, there's no. best. yeah, I don't. I I think that. <clears throat> I you know this year in the draft they're picking what six, so they were the sixth worst team in baseball last year. I think they're probably tenth or
1: eleventh. Interesting. I kind of look at them as a as a sixty-eight win team. Um, you know, sixty-eight to seventy somewhere in there. I think they're going to lose mm. ninety games. Um, but I. <coughs> you know, just to kind of speak to the question here is uh, who cares if they overachieve? Like if this Mariners team goes out there and wins 80 games, that's good. <laughs> like, like that's exciting because they're doing it with mostly yeah. young guys. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I don't consider there to be much overachievement in terms of win loss record. I also don't really consider there to be much of an underachievement of win loss record. Maybe they lose a hundred who cares. You know, I, well and I think
0: I think as this sorry to interrupt but no, just no, no, no. as as uh, as the season progresses and this team starts to look a lot more like they're going to next year
1: mm-hmm.
0: and as that takes shape as you know the Logan Gilberts and the Jared Kelnicks come up and you know they possibly trade for a quality veteran piece at the at the deadline like the Reds did with Bauer. I think they'll gain some traction and they'll start winning games come July, August, September, and I think that's what's going to put them above that sixty-five to seventy range. Right. I,
1: I, I, I would.
0: I would be personally. I would be really shocked if they uh, won only like sixty to seventy games.
1: I'd be pretty shocked if they if they uh, didn't lose ninety.
0: Um,
1: yeah. You know, I guess puts they can win seventy-two games and still lose ninety. Uh, but yeah. no, I the part I, I do agree, though. I think, you know, August and September, um, the team's going to be better then, than it will be in April and May. And obviously, you know, we're talking eight months – or, sorry, uh, eight months. We're talking six months in advance here of August. Um the team can look a lot different. There could be injuries. There could be poor performance. They could not make that deal at the deadline, yada, yada. But, yeah. you know, I just – I feel like the Mariners are going to start to look and feel like – a fringe contender in August and September. And then we head into the offseason, hopefully with, you know, with our Trevor Bauer or whoever, it, you know, whatever facsimile of Trevor Bauer it is, um, maybe even, maybe even an offensive version of Trevor Bauer and kind of roll into the offseason. so okay. So we took care of, you know, the starting pitching need um, now we can focus or, you know, maybe it's you traded for, a really good bullpen arm with four years of club control left. Okay. Now we can look at, you know, we can focus here this off season, yada, yada. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm expecting. To be honest, I, I think, you know, the win loss record, they'll tell you it doesn't matter and it doesn't, but you do want to win enough that the young guys, you know, learn how to win together as cliche as that sounds. Um, there, there's value in, in wins um, even during a rebuild. It's just not the most valuable thing. So we'll see how it works. I like, I don't I see the projections like you do. And there's, you know, three or four of them that have the Mariners as like the second or third worst team in baseball. I think they would have to actively try to lose games to be that bad. Um, Cause I just look at the Orioles and the Tigers and the Royals, um, you know, and teams like maybe Miami and San Francisco. And I'm just like, no, Seattle's better than those teams. So, um, there really isn't a disappointing, uh, win total that they could, like, is there a number that they could hit that you would be disappointed, like, seriously disappointed by?
0: Uh, I wouldn't be disappointed by anything this year (laughs) unless, you know, it's like 45, then yeah, but it's not. It's going to be. We get the, we, we get the first, we get the first overall pick. So I'm like, I'm okay with it.
1: I mean, I get, I, I just, you know, I'd rather have the third overall pick and win 65 games than, number one and win 45, but that, that's not going to be the case. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I just, like I said, the, I'm open to everything. Um, like I said, and if they shock everybody and they're like wins, you know, 78 to 82 games or something like that, which I don't think they will, um, then fine. That's good. It means the rebuild's, you know, moving well ahead of schedule. Um, and they should enter this offseason as serious buyers if that's the case, and that's going to be fun. So, um, yeah, I, I don't there's not like a number that's too high for me, um, you know, to be excited about. There's not a number that's too low, so it's just it's just about the young guys. And you know, if the old bullpen blows a bunch of games in April and May, then so be it. Um, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting question. I just I don't think there's anything that can be seen as an overachievement. Um, the team's just too young. You know, the the 2014 Mariners overachieved. I don't think the 2020 Mariners can, so we'll, we'll see how it works out. But uh, yeah, I thought that was, I should clarify what I, what
0: I'm saying is, I obviously I would be disappointed if let's say Kelnick and white and, you know, all the young guys, right. That we're excited about come up and they're not progressing. And, you know, you're not seeing a lot of, um, you're not seeing them really adjust to, to the major leagues properly. And they, you know, and then they lose, or they, they lose a hundred games. You know, hundred something games. Right. Sure. That's that's but, not about the win
1: total, So that's not yeah. the, the young guys.
0: Yeah, but if they lose, or if they if they win, just like fifty-eight to sixty-five games. But Kelnick and Lewis and White, et cetera, they're all doing pretty well. Who cares? Right. Yeah. I'm hap- I'm happy as long as the guys that you believe are a part of your young core
1: mm-hmm.
0: are on track.
1: Yep. Just want to see some growth. It's mainly what you're looking for. Some growth and some, some so you can start putting some guys in your 2020 line, 2021 lineup with, with ink, you know, um, like we think Evan White is going to be there. We think shed is going to be there. Go out and have a nice year, show some real growth throughout the season. And let's, let's you know say, okay, we got first base and second base figured out. That's a win. You know, a win much more significant than win number 63 um, in the uh, in the regular season. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, good question. So let's slide over to uh, Chris W. Chris asks a lot of questions. Uh, Zipkid C W on Twitter. Um, he's got three for us here. Um, so he wants to know. Question one: Who are you most excited to watch this spring and why? Ooh.
0: I'll let you go first on that, actually. I got to think.
1: Um, well, Lisa, I think, you know, obviously the answer is like Kelnick and Rodriguez and Gilbert, uh, George Kirby. Uh, those are all fun, and those are all good. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I kind of want to limit my answer to guys who um, have a chance to break the opening day roster. Um, obviously, there's a few guys that come to mind right away. I, I'm a big Justice Sheffield fan, Um I think he's due for, you know, a breakout type of season. Um, you know, I, I, I keep talking all winter about the the strikeout ground ball numbers. Um, so I, I think that's really interesting. Obviously, Taiwan Walker's a guy. Uh, you want to see how healthy he looks. But I think my answer is probably going to be Evan White. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the contract he got, the prospect, uh, you know, the hype around him. He seems to be. Uh, really rising up the ranks in a lot of prospect ranks, uh, prospect, you know, ranking systems. He's kind of been a guy that people are trying to hype up as that's my sleeper type of guy, um, which, you know, is interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to watch the glove, obviously. Uh, you know, I want to see the power. I want to see if it's, you know, 25, 30 home run power or if it's, you know, 17 to 20 home run power. And we may not know that after his rookie year. We certainly won't know it after the spring. Uh, where everybody's a power hitter, but uh, I'm interested to see Evan White. I want to see how he looks against, you know, some decent big league pitching and hopefully he gets to see it. So uh, Evan White is my answer.
0: I'm going to go Logan Gilbert. Uh, Now a year after uh, his first, you know, professional year in baseball, I want to see what he's taken from that and how he uh, uses it against major league talent. It's going to be really interesting. I'm really excited to see what he has. I mean, you know, with guys like Keith Law saying that he's ready now. Right. Let's see. Let's see that put to the test.
1: <clears throat> sure. Um, I think it sounds like he's going to start the year in double A again. Yeah. Uh, that may be just to avoid triple A, uh, which may be an indicator that, you know, that ball's not changing. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see him. Hopefully he gets to face some legitimate big leaguers and he's not facing, you know, the. 30 through 40 on the 40. I minutes. would assume that he'll start a game or two. Oh, probably. It's just a matter of whether yeah. or not the team he's facing starts some of their their guys yeah. or if it's just a you know, a B squad game for them. You, know, you never well, know. Don't they, don't they work that out though with each other like teams? Don't they? Like, yeah, they yeah, they can. They can. You know, oftentimes they do, but yeah. still, you know, it's Logan Gilbert comes in the second inning and he's facing three Dylan Wars because, right. I don't know. Kendall Graveman went one, two, three against, you know, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. Yeah, but you get the point. Um, So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, Number two here is uh, who do you hope most – or who do you most hope makes the team? Um, So that's – I mean, this one's kind of interesting because I don't really think there's a bunch of guys fighting for roster spots. Right. Um, I think the guys you think are going to make the team probably do. Um, but I don't know. Is there somebody who's maybe on the outside looking in that you hope makes the team, uh,
0: Carlos Gonzalez, because that would be really yeah. fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, the name is fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos Gonzalez is probably the biggest name, you know, fringe roster guy out there, uh, yeah. in the Mariners camp. So yeah, Carlos Gonzalez is a good one. Um, Personally, uh, I would say Braden Bishop. Um, because I think that would mean that he showed that he, you know... I think he's kind of a lock. You think he's a lock at this point?
0: Yeah, I think the... Really, if there's any battle between the young outfielders, it's Kyle Lewis and Jake Fraley.
1: So you think Malik's is a lock, Braden Bishop is a lock, and then yeah. you got
0: two... I up- think... I think I, I think they only carry three outfielders just because of the amount of guys that they have that can play outfield.
1: Lopes and Moore. Lopes, I mean, Moore, sure Nola. Lopes will make the team?
0: Yeah, I think Lopes
1: will make the team. Okay. A lot utility guys. Um,
0: well, I think Lopes and Moore are going to be the, the utility guys. Yeah, because Nola's more of a catcher now this year. Right. Shed, Shed's basically your second baseman. D. Gordon's going to be a utility guy if he's around. If he's around, I, I don't think he will be there.
1: Right. Uh Then yeah, Carlos Gonzalez is a good one. Um, you know, I'm also kind of interested in uh, Vicious. Yeah. It sounds like he's probably I would probably send him to Double A um, with Dunn and In uh, Gilbert. Um, possibility he makes it out of the bullpen. You know, there's a few bullpen spots up for grabs. And of course, we could always say you know Art Warren or Sam Delaplane. We could pick a bullpen guy. Jack Jackie Anderson. Um, Anderson would be interesting.
0: Yeah. That, that guy looks
1: fun. Um, but no, yeah, I think, I think cargo is, you know, if you're looking for non roster invitees, then I think cargo is probably the most exciting one uh, just because of his track record. Um, so final question here from Chris is predict a surprise to make the team and a surprise to not make the team. Uh, and this is the question we're going to kind of pivot here to an article that Ty wrote. So, Ty, why don't you go ahead and explain the article and then we'll dive in.
0: Yeah, I think we can still answer uh, Chris's question sure. uh, without going into that. But we, but basically the premise of my article uh, yesterday was to um, look at a dark horse contender to contribute for the Mariners in 2020. So last year, uh, for example, the Mariners got Tom Murphy and Austin Nola and really didn't expect a whole lot out of them. And now you know, a year later, or less than a year later, their mainstays on the Mariners roster. Um, now, I'm not necessarily looking for a guy to be a mainstay come 2021, but someone that can surprisingly contribute, um, that can come basically out of nowhere, and or at least, it's just basically to find a name that no one's really talking about because there are a lot of, players that people are talking about with the Mariners right now you know there's a lot of focus on the young guys there's a lot of focus on guys like Marco Gonzalez and Kyle Seager etc um so what I did yesterday in my article was find a guy that's currently on the Mariners MLB roster uh an outside edition and a prospect that not really a whole lot of people are talking about so I landed on Daniel Vogelbeck and uh, Carlos Gonzalez as the outside addition and Anthony Mischewitz, this uh, left-handed pitcher, um, pro- uh, left-handed pitching prospect that uh, the Mariners drafted when Jack Sorenzic was still in office, they traded him to the Rays, then traded for him again from the Rays just months later. And he's had a, he had a solid enough year in 20, uh, 2019 and could be uh, a potential back end starter for a couple, couple starts this year. And, in the event of injuries and stuff like that. He's kind of like the Sam Gaviglio of 2020. If you want to look at it like, like that. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the premise of it. Um, so I don't know if you wanted to do three yourself, Colby,
1: a guy on the roster.
0: Yeah. Guy on the roster.
1: Okay. Uh, guy on the roster.
0: Maybe not a lot of people are expecting to do a whole lot. Uh, Uh, an outside edition okay. and a prospect yeah. that probably isn't going to be on our top 40. People are really talking about that could pop through. or You know, he could be on the top 40, so but someone that like,
1: or is a returning player. Yeah. A player who was acquired this off season mm-hmm. and a prospect. Yeah. All right. All um, right. So I can do that. But no, an return-
0: under the, but an under the radar prospect,
1: right? right yeah. oh uh, you should hear about this Kelnick kid he's pretty good um never heard of him no yeah. <laughs> but no uh yeah i guess you know for a player who's on the roster um i think there's a pretty good chance malik smith kind of bounces back i don't think people are you know they're, mm-hmm. they're you know malik's had a really rough year for most of you know 2019 or 20 yeah 2019 um you know, I feel like people are kind of overlooking him I don't think he's necessarily a long-term fixture with the Mariners um, he's probably more of a fourth outfielder but he's gonna get to play every day in center field and uh, you know he'll play a little left field sure uh, he still led the American League in stolen bases last year at 46 uh you know and I just feel like people are kind of like well you know we got to make sure that cro or that uh, Bishop and Fraley and Lewis play a lot when Hanniger's out and it's like well you guys are forgetting Malik Smith a little bit here. I mean, 2018, the guy was an all-star pretty, da- pretty damn close to it. In 2019, he was anything but, and I feel like there's a, a middle ground there with uh, Malik that people are just kind of ignoring. Um, so yeah, I, I think Malik Smith is a guy who's getting a little looked over who, uh, who's going to contribute this year. So um, I'd say Malik's is the returning player. Um, the outside edition, I'm going to go with Kendall Graveman. Um, yeah we talked a little bit about him last year or last week. I mean, Um, I don't know. I feel like I understand why Graveman isn't uh, being talked about a lot. I think a lot of people are assuming, you know, he'll get hurt and he probably will at some point, but um, you know, Graveman's not a, a, uh, not a typical like number five starter type. He's 29 years old. Um, You know, he's actually had some decent success at the big leagues and granted it was in 2016 and 20 what 2018 <laughs> like, like he basically hasn't pitched in the big leagues in two years um but there's some there's some stuff here man it's it's a hard sinker the last time we saw him at the big leagues it was 94 mile an hour sinker um you know that's that's legitimate he's not gonna strike guys out but he's you know he's gonna force guys to put the ball in play they're gonna hit the ball on the ground um you know i think he's probably gonna get the ball in the uh, week four, or sorry, week four, <laughs> in game four. Um, and I think he's probably going to be, you know, a, uh, I would say, I think he's probably going to be a, uh, a 2 in pitcher, um, you know, uh, at least a 2 in pace pitcher. We'll see how many innings he can actually throw. But I think there's a little more upside to Graveman uh, than people are realizing. And I don't think he's, you know, just the, a way LeBlanc, just, oh, well, you know, he's crafty. He'll get some guys out that way. He'll give us five innings and three runs. I think he's a little bit better than that. So, uh, Grayman is a guy that I would put as a, uh, a new guy uh, who's we'll going do. to exceed expectations. Um, and then I, I guess I would say for the uh, prospect, um, I kind of really starting to like Jack Anderson a lot kind of funky, throws the low three quarters, sidearm, almost submarine. Um, Very Steve C. Sheckian. Um, And I think he's got a he's got an outside shot to make the the opening day roster. I don't think it's a good one, Um, but he's a guy uh, who I'm who I'm going to keep an eye on this spring. There's a lot to like there um, in terms of, you know, obviously deception and also but pretty good stuff. Uh, Pretty good command, too. So. Jack Anderson, um, you know, one of those guys who could come up and be a really solid seventh-inning guy. Um, One more guy I'd like to throw out there just real quick for the returning player. Uh, What about Brandon Brennan? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Brennan looked like a closer, you know, for parts of last year, a good one. Um, And then he just kind of got hurt, and the fastball command went away when he came back. But that changeup, man, that's a legitimate pitch, so. It's just a few guys, but yeah, I think, you know, I Malik Smith slash Brandon Brennan, uh, then Kendall Graveman. And then I'd say Jack Anderson is kind of a guy that outside the top 40, I, I think he was outside our top 40. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, so I, yeah, I think, I think that's the way I would line it up. So, um, and I guess, you know, just kind of to bring it back into Chris's question, is there a, a give me the surprise guy who makes the team? Is it, I can't even pronounce his name. How do you pronounce Anthony Miss uh, Mis- No, Mis- I don't. I,
0: I don't. I don't think that he's a guy that makes the team out of spring training, or even has a chance to. Um, there's so many guys in front of him. You know, when right. you just think about, you know, even like Wei-Yin Chen, Nick sure. Margavicius, um, Justin Dunn, Logan Gilbert, etc. Um, but I think he's a guy that maybe later into the season, once things have kind of worked themselves out. And guys might get injured, et cetera. I think he's a guy that can come up and make a spot starter, too, and maybe actually show a little bit. Maybe that earns some a, a little more time around. Um, but <clears throat> that's kind of, you know, I was just trying to look for someone that wasn't on our top 40, that not really a whole lot of people are talking about, that is close in his timeline. Sure. That could, you know, find his way. Uh, because there always is, you know, one or two of those guys, um, that makes it, uh, so yeah, um, to, to go back to Chris's question, uh, a guy that could surprise us to make the team on a spring training, I don't know, it's probably going to be a reliever if anyone, I was um, Sam yeah, some, Sam Delaplane would be a bit surprising. I like your Jack Anderson pick, uh, I would I would probably pick Jack Anderson as well for that. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I'll go with Jack Anderson there. And the guy not to make the team that would be a surprise, Daniel Volgabach.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I you know I think my guy for that second spot. I don't know. If this would be a surprise. It's not. Wouldn't be a surprise to me, but I think it'd be a surprise to a lot of Mariners fans. Kyle wow. Lewis. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know I. I It's probably my most unpopular opinion right now, but I don't think Kyle Lewis is a major league baseball player right now. Not a good one, anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, things could change very quickly. I could, you know, we could show up in March and I could be like, "Nope, Kyle Lewis deserves to be on the team." Yada yada. But that swing and miss is is legitimate. There, there's a chance if he plays. I don't know, 145 games uh, at the big league level. I think he probably hits 35 home runs. I also think he probably strikes out 35 percent of the time and hits, you know, a buck 90 with like a 250 on-base percentage. I like, I have a legitimate fear that that's that's what we're looking at if they try and force Kyle Lewis to be a everyday player before he's ready. Um, so, to me, Kyle Lewis is kind of the guy that I think most people are just saying, oh yeah, you ride him in with Penn. He's going to be the left fielder. Man, I hope not. Or at least I hope that. He is because he's shown significant growth and he's not, you know, he's putting the ball in play and not just because, well, you know, he's 24. So kind of have to see if he can do it right now. No, you don't. No, you don't. You can wait a month or two, not going to kill you. So that's what I would go with. So um, I said, you know, the surprise to make the team, I'm going Sam Della surprised surprise to not make the team. Uh, Kyle Lewis, Ty, you're going with uh, Jack Anderson as your surprise to make the team. Yeah. And your surprise to not make the team is Daniel Vogelback. Mm hmm. Well, fare thee well, Cordelius. Um, yeah. Anyways. Sorry, Colton. Week... But, now, you well, know, to be fair, Bolton I also. He has picked forsaken the... Daniel Vogelback,
0: by the way. Yeah. To be fair, though, I have picked Vogelback as a dark horse candidate to contribute as well. <laughs> right. You know, right. Cause, because you really just don't know with him. I mean, if he hits, great, you know, but if he can't hit, I mean, he's completely a DH now. Yep. He will not be playing in the field whatsoever. And I mean, it's not like he gave you any, any value whatsoever in the field to begin with, but, you know, Evan White is now the first baseman. So he has to hit to be a DH. If they, to justify having an exclusive full time DH. And, you know, and keep that spot away from, you know, using that for multiple players, et cetera. Right. Like, I mean, he have, has to hit.
1: He doesn't just, he has to really hit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He has to be as good as he was in the first half last year, and I just don't know if that's possible.
1: Right. I mean, I think, here's the thing, is that, like, you look at Daniel Vogelback last year, he hit uh, 208, uh, 341, 439. It's good for a 111 WRC+. The dude walks sixteen and a half percent of yeah. his at bats. Yeah, like the on base percentage, that's legitimate. In, that's in the first be. half,
0: he nearly walked twenty
1: percent of the time. Right, like that's that's legit. On base percentage is always going to be a part of his game. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he has no defensive value, no base running value, so he has to either hit, you know, two seventy, <coughs> or he's got to slug, you know, or he's got to hit, you know, two thirty with. 35, 40 home runs, and a you know five-fifty slugging. Yeah. Like he has to be exceptional, either getting the doubles and the batting average to help you know lift his on-base percentage, or he's got to start cranking more home runs. Um, and honestly, I could see, I could see it going either way. I, I think that's a, I think that's a really good call. He, he could break out, and he could be you know, like if Daniel. I think, back-
0: I, I, I think if there's one guy where. Performance in spring training actually matters. It's with him.
1: Hey, I don't know if numbers necessarily matter, but.
0: Well, not necessarily num- numbers, but being able to have, you know, put together good at bats.
1: Yeah. Especially yeah. against left handed pitching. That would help a lot. Because, yeah. um, I mean, you look at Vogelback, even with his struggles last year against right handed pitching 225, 359, 485. That'll play just fine. Um, So we'll see what happens. But like I said, Evan White's the first baseman. I'm sure you'll see Vogel back there once in a while. Um, But he's going to be the primary DH. And if he's not hitting in April and May, uh, there's a good chance he doesn't see June with the Mariners. And uh, it'll be a bummer. It really will. But uh, we'll see how he reacts. And, um, you know, I think. Well, I mean,
0: with how much they didn't want to play him last year, they had the beginning of the season, how much, you know, his – Historically, they haven't wanted to play him until he forced their hand. We'll see right. how quick their trigger is on him. You know, if yep. he doesn't hit.
1: Yep, um, and with no option years left, um, he's got to make the team. Uh, really, no way around it. I, I don't think he's. I think he'd probably get claimed if he if they try to sneak him through waivers. I think a team like Detroit or Baltimore, Vogelback makes a lot of sense.
0: Um, oh, he would one hundred big hundred percent get claimed just for the name alone.
1: Everybody wants a piece of Cornelius. Um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah. Uh, no, but seriously,
0: he was, he was an all-star last year. I mean, it's Teams 30 home runs and,
1: a, yeah. and an above average on base percentage. And that's with the horrific second half factored in. So, um, yeah, but I, I could see it going either way. I could see Vogel back off the roster by, you know, June. Or I could see him just chilling in the DH spot, hitting 250, 380 with, Five hundred on or five hundred slugging and you know thirty five home runs at the end of the year. So see how it works out. a um, fun guy, fun to watch. Um, so hopefully he uh, he sticks around for a while. But anyways, uh, thanks for the questions, Chris. Let's uh, wrap this up here with a question from uh, Josh uh, at Josh A Wright on Twitter, um, which is going to parlay us into our uh, announcement here. Uh, he wants to know which Mariner have the best, which Mariners have the best chance to contribute in fantasy baseball this year. Um, so, you know, obviously, seems pretty obvious what our announcement's going to be. But, uh, Ty, let's answer the question yeah. first here. Uh, not a lot of, you know, fantasy assets on the Mariners this year, uh, right. at least healthy ones. I mean, Mitch Haniger would probably be the obvious answer, but well, can't can't really I mean, be an I answer. Think there's You're a not few. So, I mean, there's a
0: few: um, yeah. Kyle Seeger, Shed Long, JP Crawford, possibly Evan White, Tom Murphy, you um, know Marco, uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe Justice Sheffield.
1: I think, um, and I would say it depends a lot on the league that you're in. Um, yeah. If you're in a deeper league, which I guess would be 12 teams or more, or maybe you do. A.L. only or something like that. Then I think Tom Murphy is a really good catching option there. Um, yeah. I think he'll probably, you know, again, I don't know what format you play in, but he's going to hit home runs for you and he's going to catch a lot. So, I mean, he's an everyday pl- catcher. Who's going to help you in at least one category home runs. And that's better than a lot of catchers. So, um, I'd say Tom Murphy is a good one. Uh, you know, uh, problem with Marco is that he doesn't strike guys out. Um, and that's yeah. a pretty valuable in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I don't if maybe uh, Yoshi Hirano. Yep. If you're looking for cheap saves, if you're uh, you know, don't pay for saves guy, I think Hirano's is probably a pretty good one. Uh, it sounds like he's going to get most of the high leverage work. Um, now, high leverage doesn't mean the ninth inning. Could also but, be uh, Carl Edwards. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just kind of watch how that battle goes in camp, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, uh, service said he's going to be the high leverage guy. Now to service high leverage means up by three in the ninth inning. So, I mean, <laughs> take that with a grain of salt, but, uh, you did say that Hirano is going to get a lot of that work. So I would assume that he's the closer. Um, so if you're looking for cheap saves, Harano a pretty good option. He gets pretty good strikeouts too. So, I mean, it's, there's some value there. um, you know, looking for steals, Malik Smith, pretty obvious there, and i talked about him being a bounce-back guy. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's tough in a standard, like, 10, 12-team, full-player universe type of league uh, to find many Mariners that you're going to feel good about starting. Um, if you're looking for cheap power, Daniel Vogelback. If you're looking for cheap saves, Toronto, you know, cheap steals, Malik's. Um, but in terms of like a guy that you want to draft early, uh, I don't think there is one, um, doesn't mean yeah. there won't shed long is a really good sleeper as a second yep. baseman. Um, you know, and there's a possibility JP Crawford breaks out. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're telling me who's like Ty, if you were in a fantasy baseball draft and I said you had to draft a Seattle Mariner, at least one, who's the first mm-hmm. guy you're taking?
0: Kyle Seeger, maybe. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Because, yep, I, I mean, say. like, after after the top, you know, after the upper echelon of third baseman go, you know, it depends on where you're picking, especially. yeah. You, know, um, you know, so there might be a good chance that you miss out on Chapman and Arenado and those guys. So once you get to that second, third tier, I think Kyle Seeger is a pretty good option.
1: Yeah, I mean, you start looking at, uh, like Seager's not a top ten guy. Yeah. Um, top I don't fifteen, know. maybe. Yeah, right around there. I mean, yeah. he's better than I think. He's you know probably a better fantasy asset than you know Evan Longoria, yeah. uh, Brian Anderson, yeah, uh, you know guys like that. So Seager, I could see. Um, so depending on you know how your how your league set up there, Marco is going to get innings innings i don't know there's a lot of teams that play in innings pitch leagues he's going to get quality starts that's a you know another popular category um whip is going to be pretty good uh so i, I think that's an option um yeah i think you know the first mariner off the board is probably kyle seeger and i don't think that's happening in the first you know eight, eight 10 rounds yeah. yeah uh now mitch Haniger. If you want to stash him, if you have like IL spots, um, then that could be something. But typically, yeah. fantasy wise, I don't like to draft guys who come into the year hurt. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to ever really work out. So we'll see. But I, yeah. I, uh,
0: Kyle Lewis is a solid option. Too, cheap power. You want
1: to, yeah. Stash. Stash mm-hmm. play. Mariners have a lot of stash plays and a lot yeah. of wait and sees. But uh, in terms of just, you know, fantasy assets, I think Carano is probably the. the Safest, safest one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just just and that doesn't mean obviously in real life terms, it doesn't mean Toronto's the best player. It just means that he's going to help you in fantasy the most because he's probably going to get saves with pretty good strikeout and whip numbers. And those are categories that matter. So anyways, uh, as you guys probably assume by now, the uh, announcement is centered around fantasy baseball. And uh, it is that we are back. Um, we are going to give Losker 3.0 a shot. Here, uh, League of Soto uh, Contributors and Readers. Um, so, you know, we haven't set a date yet for that draft, but the league has been created. It is, we are going to be a 10-team league this year, only 10 spots. Ty and I are playing, so there are eight spots up for grabs. Uh, we are playing on Yahoo this year. I um, put out a tweet last night. Uh, there was, you know, a few objections to, uh, you know, a random assortment of things, but no real concentrated dislike of any one aspect. So um, we're just going to roll with it as it is. The curve uh, 3.0 on Yahoo. Uh, it's going to be a 10-team um, league, like I mentioned. There's eight spots available right now. Uh, it's uh, AL only, which is going to be a test. It's going to be interesting. Um, certainly makes the Mariners a lot more valuable in AL only format. So it's part of the reason. The other reason is I really just wanted to have some fun. Uh, it's head-to-head uh, categories league, so you know six of the ten teams are going to make the playoffs. I'm really hoping that you know keeps guys around for as long as possible. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's um, it's not something we do for money. It's just for fun. Um, it's, like I said it's it's free. To, we don't know exactly how to join. Tide, can you think of any way to uh, to maybe uh, you know dole out the eight spots?
0: Um. <laughs>
1: It's always yeah. tough to find a fair way to we'll, do that.
0: We'll fig- we'll figure it out, and we'll right. let you guys know on Twitter. So keep an eye on Twitter.
1: Yeah, Twitter. Center Mojo,
0: F- Mojo FS. There you go. Twitter. Always
1: plug. Always plug the Twitter account. So yeah, yeah. Be on the lookout for that, guys. Fantasy baseball. We will be playing this year. There are going to be eight spots available, and only eight spots. Um, they're going to be, you know, however we decide to hand them out. It's going to be first come, first serve. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Sometimes people don't, uh, don't get to play, but, um, it's what we can do for you right now. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. If you guys are interested in playing fantasy baseball with Ty and I, um, you're going to have a shot. It's like I said, there's only eight spots available. We are not announcing how to do it yet, but we will soon. We have about a month until the regular season starts, uh, one month and six days. So the draft will probably be sometime in early, mid March. And, uh, It'll be a lot of fun, so um, be on the lookout for that. Like Ty said on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. But that's going to wrap up our show today, Ty, unless you have anything you want to add before we sign off? Nope. That's it. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening to the SotoMojo podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Visit us at SotoMojo.com uh, for all the Mariners news and notes from spring training, maybe a few rumors here and there. Um, you know, some game reports possibly we'll wait and see if any of the young guys pitch, we'll write them up and all that stuff. Um, but it's, it's it's a good time of year, man. We're like I said, we're five weeks away from opening day. Our first televised Mariner game is on Sunday on root sports. It's, it's getting close, man. Do you know
0: if Saturday's game is being broadcasted by the Padres?
1: It might be, uh, Okay. When I say televised games, I'm talking strictly about root sports. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Obviously, if you have MLB TV, that's a possibility. Um, there's also yeah. a few streaming websites that uh, you don't have to pay for. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> that will allow you to watch the games in market. Um, so, MLB
0: TV is actually really cheap, though. Like, when you compare it to other.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> like, if, for me, like, I'm a Mariners fan.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. I live I in the it.
1: Seattle area. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: and I can't watch the Mariners on MLB TV. Yeah, not gonna happen. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not throwing down that money to, for that. For you who lives in Toronto and want to watch the Mariners, yeah. it's great.
0: You know what's weird though? I guess the blackout restrictions don't apply to Canada because I can watch the Blue Jays on uh, MLB TV. It's really strange.
1: God, Canada's good at everything um, except for winning wars. But uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get the to worse to begin with no 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 i i love i love canada they are a swell group of people except for when they're at you know seattle um rooting on the blue jays and that's actually why i've yeah. actually had Ca- pretty good experience. canadians are canadians are okay
0: uh blue jays fans are utter trash though my <laughs> yeah. experiences at rogers center have been pretty terrible
1: i mean you got to see a no hitter thrown against them
0: no no no. i mean like with my team it's been fine interacting with fans has been terrible the mariners have played great every time i've gone (laughs) you say kikuchi had his best start of the year it's
1: crazy seattle does seem to play pretty well at rogers center but uh anyways yeah uh you know only
0: only since i've been
1: there (laughs) because
0: if you remember in 2014 when uh there was a potential uh a potential playoff spot
1: on the line. I <laughs> Walker and Kyle Seager got shellacked or Walker only gave up one run. On like Felix one- got. Yeah. Felix, Felix got. got yeah. Um, yeah. I ended up missing by one game. So yeah, but you know, it is what it is anyways, guys, like uh, don't want to make this another 90 minute podcast. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening again. Subscribe. So you don't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Soto Mojo Fs like our Facebook page and visit us at SotoMojo.com where we talk all Mariners all the time. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.